Hey, Lighthouse Niagara family, this is Pastor Joel Sloss. I hope that the message you received today blesses you so, so much. Believe, confess that Jesus, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, and you will be saved. Does anybody know what uh, John 3, 3, Jesus says something to someone, very short phrase. Yeah. So, in a nutshell, you, you have to be born again. And, and not born just physically, but we need to be born spiritually. And the Lord is desiring, or He's desiring to come into our, our heart and our life. And this aspect of Him, oftentimes when you are sharing with somebody, the Lord has opened a door for them to hear the gospel, and you are sharing with them the gospel. The Lord is there, and has, by his spirit, he desires to come in. And so this passage uh, in Revelations 3, beautiful passage that says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and, and have dine with him, fellowship with him, have relationship with him. So the Lord is standing at the, the, the door of a person's heart. He's knocking, saying, hey, I want to come into your life. And it ties in with the last passage uh, that we uh, have on this list of, of nine. Uh, as many as received him, to them he gave the power to, come, to become children of God, even to those that believe in his name. And so there's this, this thing of if we receive, we must receive Jesus into our lives. And so, Lord, not that I just know about you. I know that you died. But, Lord, I ask you to come into my life. I, I invite you into my life. And um, I, this is how we are, are born of God as we, re, as we believe in Jesus, what he did for us on the cross and what he did for us, for our sins. And as we invite him into our life, we are born of God. It is just the beginning. To emphasize, it's just the beginning. That there's there's a, a life ahead. Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you have might, might have life and have it more abundantly. To have a full life. And so the Lord is there to give us life. And even as a person receives Christ... There's, there's a repentance. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And even as there's a turning to Jesus, a turning from sin to Jesus, uh, and a believing in the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, they have an entrance into the kingdom of God. And that's Mark 1.15. And you can let them know that God loved, loved them so much that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You will live forever. Keep your faith in Jesus. The faith does not change. What saved so pretty well everybody that was here, as far as I could tell, um, said, yeah, we've given our life to the Lord. What saved you, however long ago it was, is the same thing that saves you today. There is, don't, change your faith to something else it's as simple as my faith being in Jesus and what he did for me on the cross 2,000 years ago it is that which saves me so uh, we're gonna in a bit we're just gonna I'm gonna give you a chance again maybe uh, when you know these these passages you sort of, you, you, you have a foundation of what to say and what you can say. And even as you have this CBA, not ABCs, but CBAs, the confession, confession of, of uh, our, our sins, I'm a sinner, believing in Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross, and then an accepting of Jesus Christ into your life. It gives a structure as to what to do. If you, if you can't remember, just, oh man, I can't remember, Tell them how you got saved. You can always tell. This is where I was before I got saved. 
This is how I felt. This is where I was at. And then I met Jesus. And I, I, I confessed my sins. I believed in him to take care of every one of my sins. Every single one of my sins and your sins and the sins of all mankind were placed on Jesus 2,000 years ago. And I believe that. And he died for me. He died for you. He rose again. And I've asked him to come to my life. My life has changed as a result of it. Andrew said earlier, he said, yeah, his spirit bore witness with my spirit. Let my spirit know that I was a child of God. And this is, this is what it says in Romans 8. I think it's verse 16 and 17. It talks about the fact that his spirit, the Holy Spirit, lets our spirit know that we are children of God. Something that I, I knew right away when I gave my life to Jesus when I was a seven-year-old boy. Seven-year-old boy. Andrew's seven years. For me, it was at, at home with my parents. For him, it was at a, at a kid's, kid's camp. Uh, or a regular, it was a regular, so it was the adult, uh, adult evening service. Okay, cool. And uh, so you, you, so you were listening to, it wasn't geared necessarily towards the, uh, the children. He was just listening to the service, to the, the service with all the adults, and, and there might have been kids scattered throughout. But um, the message was for the adults that even a seven-year-old can understand the basics of the gospel and respond to the gospel. Man, I want to I live forever. I want to live forever with, with God in heaven. And even what's leading up to all of that, it's like, thank you, Lord. Uh, you, you desire for us to live with you. Um, so we're gonna, we'll, we'll see how our time goes. And um, I want to quickly, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4, uh, verse 5. And um, 2 Timothy 4, verse 5. And just so you know, Timothy uh, was had worked with Paul and was, he was much, uh, he was younger. And um, so he had been with Paul, but he became a pastor of one of the churches that, that had been established. And so he, he was there. Uh, in fact, if you read the end of this chapter, the second letter, Paul is saying, hey, listen, I don't know how much time I have left. I'm going to be dying. Can you, uh, I'm, I'm, I know that I'm at the end. And he says, can you do me a favor? Bring, bring my coat, my warm coat. If I'm still, I'm still alive, uh, make sure you bring your coat when you come and see me. And bring the, bring the parchments, the, the scripture. So Paul uh, is writing to Timothy and uh, love Timothy. And so first, the first letter that he writes and the second letter he writes, he's writing to Timothy as a pastor. And so... All of, a number of you, there are so many different pastors and teachers out there. And I, I know you probably have some that you say, man, I, I just love listening to this individual and they're just so awesome and, and whatever. Um, but I want you to, to watch. Uh, there's some instruction given here uh, in these passages. Uh, so I... I'm going to start with verse 5, but I'm going to go back to verse 1. Uh, it says, but you be watchful in all things. Timothy, be watchful in all things. Endure inflictions, afflictions. So you're going you're gonna to have some hardships along the way as a pastor. Yeah, that's, that's right. Uh, do the work of an evangelist. So the pastor, the heart of the pastor should also be evangelistic in nature. Does, can somebody tell me what it is to be an evangelist? What, what's the, the thing of an evangelist? Yeah. Okay, so to... Okay, so to go out. So not just in church, but to go out and uh, to preach to outside of the church. 
Okay, anything else to add add to that? What is an evangelist? Sorry? A bringer of good tidings. Gospel. Gospel is good news. Specifically, we are talking about who Jesus is. When you say gospel, it's about who Jesus is and what he did for us. That's the gospel. Who Jesus is and what he did for us. So an evangelist is one that brings the good news of Jesus and what he did for us and how that impacts our life. Do the work of an evangelist. So if you, whoever you're listening to, whoever they are, are they doing the work of an evangelist as a pastor and a teacher? Are they doing the work of an evangelist? Are they, is their heart to see people saved? This is, this should be one aspect of the work of a pastor. Fulfill your ministry. Fulfill it. Finish your, your, the ministry that God has called you to. So one of the things that we're doing, uh, these Wednesday nights is sort of expanding, me expanding the ministry uh, of, of evangelism and, and giving it over to you as well. See, this morning, I, I did, was not in the same place as Wayne. And so I didn't have the connection that he has, and I don't have the connections that you have, that you would be able to be the, an evangelist to tell others good tidings of Jesus Christ. Be open to it. And so uh, we, have, we have just some basic scriptures of, of what the gospel is. And I'll, we'll hand out those if you didn't get them or uh, want to have another copy. But because each of you is equipped to lead others to Christ. In fact, Jesus did not keep it to himself, immediately he called 12 disciples, even as he saw the multitudes and he's working on his own. And then there's this adding of, of, the, uh, of the disciples to him. They, they began to follow him. And he, very quickly, he sent them out. He, he sent them out by twos. And there was this thing of, uh, let, as you go out, let them know that the kingdom of God is at hand. And Jesus is the door into the kingdom of God. And it is a, a, a kingdom that is not made of man. It's not of man. It's not of government uh, of, of man, but it is of the Lord. And so he sent them out right away. And for us here, that you would be prepared to share the good news of Jesus Christ to others. Um, I want you to recognize the power of the gospel. In Romans 1.16, it says, I, and this is Paul writing, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first, and also for the Greek. So there's this the gospel in itself has power to save. So even though the gospel may be going out by somebody that's not a believer, the message itself, as somebody grabs a hold of it, will save, can save them. Even if the messenger isn't saved, and I gave an example last week of somebody sharing the gospel even though they didn't believe it themselves and it, it it allowed for this person's mother to get saved before she passed away so there is power in sharing the gospel so that's why there's we need to understand what is the gospel and especially to have why to have scripture is that you know okay so this is not just my own idea or something that someone taught me. This is what the word of God says. I can be confident in what the word of God says as I share the word of God regarding sin and regarding a solution being Jesus Christ and him crucified. 
I can be confident as a person receives Christ into their life and says, I want, I'm going to follow you and I'm going to allow you to be Lord of my life. We can be confident that they are born of God. For as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the children of God, even to those that believe in his name, in Jesus' name, who are born not of the flesh nor of the will of, of man, and, and, uh, but are born of God. They're not born of blood or the will of man or of the flesh, but they are born of God. Praise God. So recognize the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ, to know it, to share it. For the sake of the lost, because in that, they are saved. They're not saved by being in a church or belonging to a church. They're not saved by being a good person. They're saved by their faith in Jesus Christ. It says, for in it, in the gospel of Christ, in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Those that are right before God will live by faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for us. Okay, I want to go back. Why should I share the gospel? Whether it's me as a pastor or you as a believer. Why should we share the gospel? Any, anybody? Because we don't want them to die, all right? Anybody else? Sorry? It brings glory to God, yeah. We're instructed, we're, we're asked to, to uh, uh, share the gospel with others, yeah. And we should go out, make disciples in all nations. What, why should I share the gospel? Anybody else? To love, love one another, to show love to someone that uh, is, is dead and trespasses and sins. Okay, this, there, and there's a number of different reasons, but think about it even in light of this passage. And you tell me in this passage, 2 Timothy 4 verse 1, why we should share the gospel. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Let me read it again. Tell me why we should share the gospel. And we'll see this as we, we carry on with these verses. The last verse that I read here, Verse 5 says, but you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Fulfill the ministry that I've called you to do. Be, be an evangelist. But going back now to the first verse here, it says, I charge you. So there's a very serious uh, uh, admonishment. Uh, uh, he's saying, Timothy, whatever you do, Therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and in his kingdom. So why, why should we share the gospel? They'll answer to the Lord later. It says here, it says here, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and in his kingdom. So, for the believer and the unbeliever, every single person will be judged. Can somebody tell me, where will we be judged as believers? At the pearly gates? Sorry? Okay, the judgment seat of Christ. Where is or when is the judgment seat of Christ? Sorry? And when is the seven-year feast? Some of you may say, I, I never heard of that before. Sorry? After the tribulation? 
after the rapture. So the moment that the trumpet sounds, there is going to be a judgment or we're going to be judged as believers. We've been caught up. We're saved. We made it. But there's going to be a judgment. And there will be this, well, let's read of it. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 9 says, Therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. So whether we're, wherever we may be, that we would be well-pleasing to him, to, to Lord Jesus. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are well-known to God, and I also trust are well-known in your consciences. So, knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are well known to God, and I also trust are well known in your consciences. So there's this aspect, this, this thing of appearing before the judgment seat of Christ. So we want to please him in our lives as believers. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 11. Regarding this judgment, does anybody know what's going to be judged? Okay, so it's... It's not our works, or not our sin, but our works, the things that we have done. For no other foundation can anyone lay, this is 1 Corinthians 3.11, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become clear. So the things that we did as a believer will become very clear what kind of work it is. For the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the, the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire." So the things that we do here on earth will be tested of what sort of work it is. Is it gold? Is it of silver? Is it of precious stones? And we recognize that if you threw gold into fire or precious stones or silver, even with the gold and, and silver, there might be a melting down, but the gold does not change. Question. Right. Absolutely. So, so the question is that we're, we don't get to heaven by our works, which is absolutely right. So how do we make it to heaven? Okay, so Okay, so if you'll recognize here that in this this passage uh if you read before it talks about the fact that the, your foundation is Jesus Christ. Okay, so there's no other foundation that can be laid it is our foundation is Jesus Christ. And so we build on that foundation. And so we're building on the foundation. Once we give our life to the Lord, our works, there's this, this aspect of reward. So it's saying here that afterwards, after you are saved, this is why it's important that we, uh, the things that we do after we're saved, we're saved. You're saved, sister. You're saved because of your faith in Jesus Christ. And because of his work. It's not by how good you can be. We just finished reading that. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace are you saved through faith. It is not, it is a gift of God. It's not of, of works, lest any man should boast. So it's not of works that we're saved. We're saved by the grace of God, by faith, faith in Jesus Christ. So we're saved. But as a believer, our, there is a judgment that's coming to us, not for salvation, 
but actually for rewards. And so it's a thing of, well, are we, what is it, what is it that's going to be tested here? It says, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So there's no other foundation that, that can't be shaken but Jesus Christ. You have Jesus Christ. You've laid that foundation. Now you're going to build on that foundation. And part of it is, if you read, um, uh, the ver once again, the verses before, uh, you know what? Just to answer your question then, let's go to 1 Corinthians. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Let's just go back a few verses. So starting at, uh, yeah, sure, verse 9. Actually, let's go to verse 8. So we're talking about, and I already sort of referred to this passage uh, about Paul. He says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase of life. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God gives the increase. It's God that allows for us to be saved. Now he who plants and he who waters are one. We work together, whether we're planting or watering, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. This is why it's so important that we share the gospel. This is the, the, the greatest work that we can do. It is of gold. The greatest thing that we can do is to share the gospel to others. Yeah, question, comment. Right. Okay, so what Okay, so let's let's continue to read. So the verses leading up to it is talking about, you know, some they they were having issues because some I where I'm of Paul, I'm following Paul. So no, I'm of Apollos. And he says, "Who who are we? Who are we that you're, you know, yeah, I, I water or I, I sowed a seed. Apollos watered it, but God gave the increase, gave life. So there, we're talking about life being sown uh, and, and realized in people getting saved. So, so neither he who plants is anything nor he who waters, but God who gives increase. He's the one that can save. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. We are laborers together with God. You are God's field. You are God's building. So there's this aspect of, of uh, God beginning to do a work in your life even as you would work with the Lord. We are God's fellow workers. We are co-laborers. I like what uh, the King James Version says. That we are co-laborers. We're laborers together with God of this harvest. Now, according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. So Paul, he shared the gospel, and people got saved. Before Paul, no one had gone and shared the gospel to the Gentiles. It was sort of just to the Jews. And I, Peter and the apostles, they were sharing the gospel. But afterwards, when Paul got saved, when Saul got saved, he went out, and, and the Lord brought him to the Gentiles. We're Gentiles. If it would have been just for the Jews, we would not be here today. But the, the message went out. So let me read again, uh, verse uh, 10. According to the grace of the God which was given to me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on this foundation of salvation. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. That's the foundation. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will become clear for the day when the Lord comes back will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. So the things we did after we were saved. Okay? The things that we did after we were saved. If anyone's work which he has built on it, on what? 
on that foundation of Jesus Christ, so on your salvation, anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Okay, so they're, they're going to be saved, but the works are going to be tested. They're going to make it, you, you've, you've already made it because of the foundation, but it's what is left. So this is why it's so important. It's, we take time as, as a pastor to say, hey, I want to be evangelist, and not just an evangelist, to equip you to be evangelist as well. That's what we're talking about tonight. If any, anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he, he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Yeah. Oh, and works, the works that we do after. Sanctification. So, the, the, the works, the, the actions that we do after we are believers, they are important, right? So, you can have people that they get saved and, and they continue on believing in Christ, but there may be, maybe there's most of that, their time is spent more so about for themselves. And so these things are burnt up. It's like they don't, it doesn't last or it doesn't, judgment. So, so the judgment for the believer is completely different than it is for the unbeliever. And so we're going we're gonna to read on this, okay? Um, there is another judgment coming. And should the Lord come back today, uh, there will be a judgment of the nations. And we can read of that from Matthew 25 to the end of the chapter. But I just want to read uh, three or four verses. Matthew 25 from th uh, 31 says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the Lord will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. So there's a separating. I just, just want you to know that the judgment of the nations, uh, and sometimes you may say, oh, this is a little bit confusing. But not everybody, like there is such a misconception about Jesus when he comes back and, and then the tribulation time and that the Antichrist is going to rule the whole world. The Antichrist is not going to rule the whole world. He's going to try. There's going to be nations that are saying, we're not following the Antichrist. We want nothing to do with them. And in fact, there's going to be nations that will come and fight against him. And so uh, for the first three, three and a half years of his his uh, his time here on this planet or his as he is revealed is going to be in battle and so uh, at the end of the seven years there is going to be a dividing of nations that that were supportive of Israel and those that weren't so so God's going to separate not everybody is going to take the mark of the beast if everybody took the mark of the beast, we know that all those that take the mark of the beast will end up in the lake of fire. That's what they're going to end up. So, the, so, but not everybody's going to take the mark of the beast because there's still going to be people left over at the end of the seven years. There's going to be people left over. And the nations, there's going to be a judging of the nations. And then there's going to be this another thousand years before the third judgment. So, and the final great white throne judgment. It's the judgment of the wicked dead. You and I, as believers, we don't have to worry about the great white throne judgment. We've, we will have already made it. 
We're with the Lord. It's not like we're going to fall away from the Lord again. So let me just read this thing of judgment. And, and that's why we share the gospel. Judgment is coming. That's why. You know what? It'd be like, man, I wish somebody would have told me. I remember, I've shared this a few times. I remember a skit that we had way back when we were at the old church. I was just a teenager. And um, the skit was about standing before God at the white throne judgment and your friends are standing around you. And the friends, friends were looking, your friends are looking at you and they're saying, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you, why weren't you clear with the gospel? Why didn't you say that this is coming? If I would have known that this was coming, I, I would have at least considered the gospel of Jesus Christ. We cannot be afraid to talk about sin. Sin separates us, and if we don't get that right, if that is not taken care of, people will end up being judged and I'll, I'll say there's another judgment that will come even during the tribulation. For if you don't make, when the trumpet sounds and we're caught up to be with the Lord and you don't make it, there is another chance to make it. It will cost you your life. You will be hunted. Anybody that, that is not of the order, and we see that happening today. There is a persecution that's coming against believers but what I'm saying to you, for those that don't make it, it'll cost them their lives. They won't be able to buy or sell. They, they... So say, no, I'm, I'm not taking any mark. I'm not going to have anything to do with this. And uh, so those will, the martyrs, it talks about the martyrs, their cry came up to the Lord. They were martyred during the tribulation. So before the before the the rapture the catching up took place they were saying nah you know those christians or they may have given their life to the lord and they they slid away and they they went off course and whatever they backslid and they missed the rapture it'll cost them their lives the the the, the chances of them making it through the tribulation as a believer will be very slim in fact i don't they won't make it So the, the question is, what about the chip and whatever? Uh, that the technology, the the technology is being is already out there. It is not the mark of the beast. All right, you will know. Should should you not make it, and you're stuck in the the tribulation time, you will know what is the mark of the beast and what is not. You will know. So you, it won't be like, well, is it or isn't it? Uh, you will know. Do not receive the mark of the beast. Should you be left behind, I pray to God that none of you is left behind. But if you are, don't receive the mark. It'll cost you your life, but at least you'll spend eternity with God. It'll be worth it. Yeah, question. Okay, so there's two things, if you didn't hear that, there's two things that concern uh, Wayne is, is a thirst that I cannot quench. So uh, what, what are you saying? Sorry? Right. So... That's a good healthy fear to have is just I, I don't want to not make it. I want to make it. And so as you place your faith in Jesus Christ, I'm, I'm, so I repent and I believe in Jesus Christ. You will make it. Just keep your faith there, brother. I'm gonna, my faith will not change off of Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's why Paul said, 
I was determined you would know nothing else but Jesus Christ and him crucified. That is what your faith is in. It's not in Lighthouse. It's definitely not in me or any other person. It's not in your good works. It's not in yourself. It is in Jesus Christ and him crucified. And that's how you live by that faith. So the second thing is another beautiful thing, brother, to see. I want to see my, my loved ones get saved. Absolutely. And so, so does the Lord. And this is why I'm talking and we're talking. There's this push to grab a hold of what saves. I need to be able to share what saves with the people that I care about. And I, I, I need to, to take the time and, and understand it, understand it, and be able to relay it to somebody else. That's why we're, we're going over these things, because judgment is coming otherwise. So if a person does not receive Jesus before they die physically, they're done. There is no afterwards saying, well, you know what? There's a purgatory that you can get out. There is no purgatory. It says in Hebrews 9.27, it's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. So as soon as a person dies, the judgment is there immediately. So we'll read of that now. The great, final great white throne judgment from uh, Revelation chapter 20, verse 4. And I'm going to read all the verses. It's, it starts really at verse 11, but the lead up is important. And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded. We're just talking about this. I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God who had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. They made it. It cost them their life. They were beheaded, but they made it. But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection, the one with the that uh, we were caught up. That's the first. The first resurrection is us being caught up to be with the Lord. We've been ra we raise up. Over such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. We're going to reign with the Lord a thousand years. And even those that died during the tribulation as believers will reign with the Lord a thousand years. This is the first resurrection. We've been raised to life. Thank you, Jesus. Now, when the thousand years have expired, this is verse 7, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, whose number is as the sand of the sea. So for the thousand years, Satan is chained. And his, all his demons, there's no... Satan going out and, and deceiving and lying, they're chained. But just before the thousand years is up, Satan will be released to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle whose number is as the sand of the sea. They went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints in the beloved city. Are we going to be there? Okay, I hear no, no, yeah. We're going to be there. We're going to be there during the thousand years. We will be there. In fact, it says they went on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. What's the beloved city? Jerusalem. So we're going to be in Jerusalem at that point. And there's going to be probably at that point, I don't know, a few a billion to between a billion or two billion people, if not more. There, all the saints that ever lived from the beginning of time to the end of time will be there and we're surrounded. Ooh, I like what it says. Just two verses. And the fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. They've already been there for a thousand years. And they were tormented day and night forever and ever. Okay, now, now the great white throne judgment. So this takes place at the end of the thousand years, and then there's the white throne judgment. 
Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, for whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and the books were opened. So all the books recording every single action of every single person that ever lived that is wicked and evil and want nothing to do with God. The books will be open and there will be a fair trial of every single person. And another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the, the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is a second death. And anyone who not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. This is the final judgment. Names are not written in the book of life. No life for them. They're going to be cast into the lake of fire. That is why we preach the word. Preach the word. Okay, I'm going to get through this. This is important. As a pastor, ah, oh man, I don't want to hear this. It's not a, this isn't tickling my ear. Listen, if somebody was going down the, the, the wrong, or down a one-way street going the wrong way, you're honking the horn, you're, 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 there's people flashing your lights, whatever. There's a proclamation being made. Hey, you're going the wrong way. And that's what we are, are saying. You're going the wrong way. You want to turn. You want to repent. And you want to believe in the gospel and Jesus Christ and him crucified. So to the pastors and to anybody you're listening to, they need to be preaching the word. What are the people preaching that you listen to? The preacher should preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. So when the opportunity arises, be ready to preach the word. And out of season, I need to be ready at all times. Whether I'm, it's in season or out of season, I need to be ready. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. So there's, there needs to be a convincing, a bringing to light, an exposing. There needs to be even a rebuking to show fault, to admonish or charge sharply. Hey, listen, you're going the wrong way. What you're doing is not right. Pastors cannot be afraid. And today in this day and world, it's like, oh, I don't want to offend anybody. And... So there's this thing of rebuke, to show fault, to admonish, or charge sharply. That's a rebuke. To exhort is to encourage, to strengthen, to comfort. And it says, with all long-suffering and teaching, with patience. See, you know what? A lot of times we tell somebody something one time, and, and they don't listen. Ah, cut, cutting them off. Fine. They don't want to listen to me. Fine. You know what? With long-suffering, with patience, with endurance, with constancy, with steadfastness, with perseverance. That's what long-suffering means. And so, you're, you're, so they reject what, the gospel. You know what? I'm going to continue to love them. I shared the gospel. Think about it. When you share the gospel with somebody, it's a seed given to them. Love them. That's watering. I'm going to water that seed. I'm going to continue to interact with them. This is where, this is what uh, I, I look forward to the times when I, it's, it's not the first time I'm with a person, but the second and third and fifth and tenth and twentieth time that I'm with somebody. Lord, work through me. So I, even if I am convincing or rebuking or exhorting, I do it with all long-suffering or patience and teaching. You have an opportunity the next time you get, let me, they might have questions from the, the first time you met or the second or third time, and you, they've got questions, and so you're, now you're, you're teaching them, this is what the Word of God says. Praise God. So it's, 
you might lead someone to the Lord, not the first time you meet with them, but maybe years later. I say, thank you, Lord, for the instruction that we can give and put into somebody's life because it is a seed. You're going to just water it or somebody else is going to water it. Thank you, Lord. If I don't do this, if we don't do this, listen to what happens. This is verse 3, 2 Timothy 4, verse 3. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Listen, people that you listen, there's so many people. I, I know you listen. You probably listen. I know you listen to other people besides me. I'm just saying to you, are they willing to tell you? the things that you don't necessarily want to hear according to scripture? Or are they just, there are, there are teachers, pastors that are just sharing what you want to hear. So they're not going to talk about sin. They're not going to talk about the solution to sin. They're going to, what do you want to hear? I'm going to tell you what you want to hear. It's all right. It's okay. God's a gracious, loving God. And he's, you know what? If you're sinning a little bit, that's all right. What, what are you doing again? Ah, that's nothing. That's nothing. You keep, keep sinning. No, no talking about sin or the practice of sin. Pastor, I don't want to hear that. Listen, you, you You will go and they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, what they want, and because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. You know what a fable is? What's a fable? It's a story. It's made up. It's a made-up story, an invention of man, it's a falsehood, just a fable. It's not truth. But you, now verse 4, but you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. That's for the pastor. And this is what this pastor is saying. Hey, be an evangelist. Tell others about Jesus. Don't be thrown off if they don't receive right away. It's all right. You love them. Be patient with them. Be willing to take time to teach them. I look forward to times where I'm one-on-one -on -one with somebody. Look forward to it. No other distractions, just one-on-one. -on -one. If you have opportunity to be one-on-one -on -one with somebody and you are willing and you're prepared to share the gospel, or you have the little, a little card that gives you a help along the way, hey, or you can at least give them this, hey, take this. You have the opportunity to lead them to Christ. What an exciting thing. So this morning when I got that call, hey, Pastor Dave, talk to Tony. He just gave his life to the Lord. You might say, what, what did I say to him? I said, Tony, the most important decision you have, could ever make, you made now. I said, I made the same decision when I was seven. And I look back now. I'm going to be 60 this year. I look back, and the most important decision I made when I was seven years of age, because I gave my life to Jesus. You say, thank you, Lord. He says, yeah, I'm 63. I said, you have, there's been a receiving of Jesus in your life. He took care of all of your sins. He died for you on the cross. You've asked him, you're asking, hey, I want you to be a part of my life. I had an opportunity to pray with him bef before say goodbye to Wayne or we hung up. Um, had a chance to pray for him. 
You don't. Don't say I have to be a pastor or whatever. I have to be an evangelist. I can be an evangelist. I can tell others about Jesus. The other thing is, and we're going to close with this just like we did last time. The Holy Spirit wants to help you in evangelizing. The connections that you have, I don't have. You have them. Lord, I'm prepared to share the gospel. So if you didn't grab one of these sheets, if you do grab one of these, take a picture of it on your phone so you can have it, you can expand it and whatever, and you've got it on your phone. Or you can just say, I'm sticking this in my, my purse. I'm sticking it in my wallet. I'm sticking it in my, my I'm going to bring it with me wherever I go. I don't know. This you can easily put in your wallet. I'm going to memorize those scriptures that are on this thing. At least if I don't remember every single word, I'm, I, I know the gist of what those passages mean. They're there for me. I can pull it out of my wallet, out of my purse. Because you have an opportunity to do some amazing works. I'll tell you right now, going back to, our to the judgment seat of Christ, these works of leading someone else to the Lord or doing things of, of whether it's sowing a seed or watering and loving somebody, is gold, like gold and silver and precious stones that the fire does not affect those things. Wood, hay, and stubble, yeah, they get burnt up. But those things, they don't. Same thing with sharing the gospel, especially as we come to the end of this age and the coming of the Lord. The Lord wants to see your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, your family members saved, your children, your parents, your spouse, he wants to see them saved. So we're going to pray that the Holy Spirit will help us and fill us to overflowing. Remember, rivers of living water flowing from us. Hallelujah. Lord, we just say thank you so much. Thank you so much for saving us. You have washed us and cleansed us of our sins, and you've given us life even as we have believed on you. And Lord, even as we have received you, we are born of God. We are Father. We have a Father in heaven. We are born of God because we received you into our lives. And Lord, tonight as we have heard of the judgment, the judgment is coming. It is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. Lord, while people are still living that we would have a chance to share the gospel with them. Lord, we ask for your Holy Spirit that we would be endued with power, the power of the Holy Spirit to be witnesses unto you wherever we may be. Wherever we may be, Lord, we will be a witness unto you. That there would be rivers of living water flowing from us. Lord, that we would share the gospel and there would be rivers of living water flowing from us. Because, Lord, we will share it because we care about the people we are sharing with. We want them to have life now full and abundant and eternal. We do not want them to go to hell. We do not want them, Lord, to as hell is given and thrown into the lake of fire. We do not want them to spend eternity apart from them. We want for those that we, we that are family members and Lord, that are, are, are friends and neighbors and loved ones, Lord, we want to see them come to know you. And so, Lord, even if they reject us the first time and the second time, Lord, we can recognize we have shared the, uh, the message of life with them. And, Lord, we just have to water it. Lord, that we will water that word, that the gospel, that we would water it with love. And Lord, So, Lord, I just pray, Lord, this, this Saturday as I would get together with an individual, I've gotten together with him many times that there would be a confession of faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray this in your name. And Lord, for my dear brothers and sisters here, Lord, those that may hear this, the message tonight online, Lord, I pray that there will be a desire in the power of the Holy Spirit to share the gospel yet before your return. Lord, 
we give ourselves to you. We surrender to you just the way we are. Our faith in your son, Father. Use us. Use us as laborers in your harvest. To bring in a mighty harvest. To know the joy of seeing one person get saved. Let us know that joy. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Actually, I'm going to leave these uh, papers up here. Uh, once again, it's all the passages. Uh, so we'll just leave them here. Just grab, grab them. Whoops. Before there's some uh, extra of those cards. If you want to take more than one, you can take more than one. Uh, we have hundreds of them that can be uh, handed out. Love you guys. Have a great uh, evening yet, and uh, we'll see you next time. God bless. Hey, Lighthouse family. Thanks so much for tuning in to another one of our podcast sermons. I'm Pastor Joel Sloss. For more podcasts, media, and live stream services at lighthouseniagara.com, Sundays at 10 o'clock. God bless.